0: So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours.
1: The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. Hey, Sissy Goff.
0: Hey, David Thomas.
1: It's good to be back having a conversation
0: with you. It is, sitting in the little yellow house, although we actually sit in the little yellow house a lot. <laughs> David, can you believe we have officially hit one million downloads? That's incredible. We want to take a moment to thank all of our listeners for this amazing accomplishment and all of our incredible guests and friends that we have been honored to interview. We are so excited to keep taking this journey together and look forward to a million more.
1: We're going to be talking around being a free parent today. And I want to know what in life is freeing you up right now.
0: You know, I think one thing that consistently makes me go back to a feeling of freedom is anytime I read Frederick Buechner. B-U-E-C-H-N-E-R. I always need to know that. But yeah, I think he is the author more than anybody else I read, because I think he makes me give myself grace in my humanity and depravity and always points me back to how much I need Jesus. And so I think experiencing that grace helps. It just changes everything for me in terms of freedom.
1: (laughs) Your answer is so thoughtful.
0: (laughs) Well, I could also say ice cream or something, (laughs) because that's probably true too, but—
1: I was going to say my dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great answer.
1: (laughs) You sound really thoughtful. I sound really simple.
0: How does Owen make you feel more free? I love that that's your answer.
1: I was just talking with a kid the other day in the way we do about how petting his dog can change things for him or just going outside and throwing the tennis ball with his dog. And as I was listening to this kid talk, I was thinking – Yes, it does. And Mm -hmm. I haven't done as much of that lately. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this great reminder to me of just being camped out. And I watched my kids do a lot of that, of just laying in the floor with him. And I haven't been doing enough of that lately. Mm -hmm. So I have, out of that reminder, been doing a bit more of it lately, which I think has been freeing me up in some really great ways.
0: That's a good reminder. Lucy, my dog is sitting right beside us. I need to get on the floor with her later. There you go. Do a little playing. Well, you know, it's funny thinking about this topic because we talk so much on here about how we teach parenting seminars. And David and I, y'all probably have noticed on the podcast, but we have very similar styles, I think, of communicating. And we are both pretty practically minded. Part of that is both being ones on the Enneagram. And we can give you lists of things to think about and potentially do all day long. And it's so funny when we speak with Melissa, because we'll talk about all these different things that are really important, and she'll walk up to the microphone, literally cannot count on two hands the amount of times she's done this, and she'll say, what does she say, David?
1: None of that works. <laughs>
0: totally, she does. <laughs> None of it works, which I hope that's not 100% true, because you've wasted <laughs> a lot of time on our podcast, if that's true. No, but I think what she's, Saying is, we can get caught up in all the things that we're supposed to do and end up believing that it's a formula and that two plus two equals four every single time, and it doesn't. And when we're living like it does, it does take away our freedom. And I think she's probably somebody who has taught both of us that more in life in general. And so we're so excited for her to get to talk more about that with you all. One of the things that I think shifted my perspective significantly on freedom, that I will know—I mean, I can tell you exactly what the room looked like. Y'all are probably like this about things that you hear sometimes, too. I can tell you where I was sitting, what the room looked like, everything about this moment. But Melissa and another friend of ours and I went to Boston to hear Richard Rohr speak. Well, I could tell you exactly how many years ago it was. It was 18 years ago, because— At the time, I was 32, and we were sitting up in the balcony of this beautiful, historic church building, listening to him speak. Have you ever seen him?
1: Never had a chance to hear him speak live.
0: We both really like Richard Rohr, and— Me too. He looks a little like Santa Claus from Miracle on 34th Street— he, totally. Yes, and so even when he walked on the stage I was, so, I was already endeared towards him But I was that much more when he walked out And so anyway, it was so fun to hear him talk And he was talking about the book Falling Upward Which is about the second half of life I wasn't in it yet, but I definitely am now When I saw him speak But anyway, he said this thing that I just anchored to So much, and he basically said When you get to the age of 32 you finally become your real self. And as a 32-year-old, obviously, I leaned forward and listened a little harder. And he said, because it's right about that age, you figure out that life doesn't work the way you thought it would, and you don't work the way you thought you would. And that statement, I mean, it just changed everything for me in that moment, because I think we do live so much of our early lives. And a lot of you parents are in that phase still where you are trying so hard to make everything work. And that can sound like bad news, but it is absolutely not, because it creates so much more room for the gospel to be truer than our efforts. And that's the bottom line in that. That's what creates real freedom for us.
1: I love that. And I think it's a great transition into something I wanted to talk about, which is that control is an illusion Mm. and I think for those of us who are wired in the way that we are wired we can bend toward control on a good day under the best of circumstances and so Knowing what direction that you bend is so important. Do you bend more toward control? Do you bend more toward fear? Do you bend more toward anger? What direction do you bend? And
0: can I throw in there, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about different folks that I counsel. And I think when you think about, do you bend toward control? I think about myself and how I feel like I have enough agency often to try to control. And then I think about the folks, and, I, and especially the kids that I counsel, who give up which really is control too. And so if you're listening and thinking, I don't try and control things, I just kind of let them go. Well, that might be the way that you're really trying to control your environment as well.
1: No, oh, it's so true. And I notice it even in my body. Like I think mm-hmm. my body is tense way more than oh. it's relaxed. I think my hands, are my, I think my jaw is clenched, my hands are clenched more often than I'm even aware happens. That's reflective of that internal desire for control that's there for me. And one of the greatest practices that I was introduced to actually was through my pastor every Sunday at our church at the end of the service when we move toward the benediction, he introduces the benediction by saying, palms out, and we all stand as a congregation with our hands open, and He reminds us that, you know, a benediction is a blessing, and our our palms are open because we need this blessing, and our palms are open because that's what we bring to this blessing, yeah. nothing, and yeah. I have been praying in that way in the mornings at my house, too, just with my hands open, and there's been something about that posture for a person who bends toward control that's been so helpful for me, and it— it makes me think about a great quote that Melissa included in our book from Larry Crabb's book, "The Pressure's Off." He said, "The illusion of control brings requirement. Requirement creates pressure. Pressure leads to slavery, the slavery of having to figure out life to make it work. Those who hold on to the illusion of control lose the enjoyment of freedom."
0: Oh Will you read the last sentence more time?
1: I will. Those who hold on to the illusion of control lose the enjoyment of freedom. Mm. And we sure see that in our offices, don't we? Yes. And I sure experience it in my own life as well.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Did you know that Minnow has an award-winning children's Bible written by VeggieTales creator Phil Fisher The Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is more than a children's Bible storybook. It's a deep, engaging, and whimsical gospel experience. Each Bible story is vividly illustrated, takes just minutes to read, and includes a family connection to encourage readers to learn, talk, and pray together. Find out more at shop.gominnow.com. That's shop.gominnow.com. What else gets in the way, would you say?
0: Well, I mean, I think control just obviously makes me think of anxiety because I think that feels like the biggest byproduct of when we're trying to control, we can't. That's the reality, you all. We can't anything that we're doing. Like David said, we bring nothing. But when we're trying, we live more anxiously, which is, I mean, at least in my office, I think right now— 80 to 90% of conversations I'm having with kids is about anxiety and I'm having with parents are about anxiety. I mean, it just feels so rampant. Is that true for you too? Oh, no? yes.
1: And will you talk about the statistics with kids and parents with anxiety?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if we go back to when we wrote, are my kids on track, which was now probably what, five, six years ago, the statistics were one in eight kids were suffering from anxiety. Then A year and a half ago, I wrote a couple books on anxiety for parents and one for younger girls, and the statistics had jumped to one in four. Now the statistics are one in three. Kids deal with anxiety, and girls are twice as likely. And the statistics, too, are if as a parent you have anxiety, your kids are seven times more likely. And so really, almost every time I sit with a child who's suffering from some degree of anxiety, I'm sitting with a parent. To the same family. That parent has some degree of anxiety. And and let me go ahead and say, you all, I don't know if this is a spoiler alert or not. And David, you can argue with me if you disagree because we're both similar personalities. But I really believe this many years into counseling and this many years into life that any of us who are type A have some degree of anxiety. And y'all, Our parents, for the most part, weren't in counseling. They weren't talking about this kind of thing. Our grandparents weren't. So when we think about family history, we often don't know. But type A life, that's what we developed as our coping skills, is we got more productive when we didn't know what else to do. And so I think— Thinking about this, thinking about anxiety as a parent, it is really good to think about your own life. Think about the way you grew up. Was there any element of that there? Because I think we want to learn and grow with the kids we love, and anxiety definitely blocks freedom. So, okay, let's talk about not just the statistics, but as we're talking about anxiety, maybe we need to talk about our three go-tos, first three things we do with kids and anxiety. What do you think? Yes. You want to do the first one?
1: The place we always start is with breathing. And with girls, you call it
0: square breathing.
1: And with boys, I call it combat breathing.
0: Ooh. Doesn't
1: have a great ring to it. Yes. And it's just giving kids an experience of some deep breathing that settles the brain, that settles the body, that moves the blood flow back to the prefrontal mm-hmm. cortex so that we can think rationally and manage our emotions.
0: And then next, we normally bump to grounding techniques, which is a cognitive behavioral therapy term for, you know, anytime... With kids, but with us too. And you know, if you have anxiety at all, we get stuck in these looping thoughts and we circle around and around and around over whatever it is that we're perseverating about in that moment. And grounding, anything sensory related, pulls us out of the loop. We can't even get out of the loop until we've done the breathing that David talked about first. And then grounding. So, my favorite one is 54321. And I have kids do this in my office a lot. And it's so fun to watch them do it. But basically, think about your five senses. So five things you see, four things you hear, three things you feel, two things you smell, and one thing you taste. And I'm old enough that I get the order mixed up all the time. It does not matter. It's just five, four, three, two, one, because that requires focus and it requires pulling ourselves out of the loop. I also, with older ones, which this is great for us, I'll have them count backwards from 100 by sevens. You can also think of everything you see that's a certain color or think of every word that starts with a certain letter. Any of those things can be really helpful in terms of grounding techniques. And then the third one that we do a lot is we will name the worry. And y'all, we can do this too. With the little kids, well, I will have them call it the worry monster or let them come up with their own name for it. Some of my favorites are, I know a little girl who named hers Princess Worry because she gets to be the queen and boss the princess around. Or I have a little girl who named hers Bob not a clue why. What are some of your favorite boy names for the world? I have answer? a little
1: guy who named his the Hulk because he says, I get so angry and explosive.
0: Yes, yes. And so basically, you know, for any of us, that voice we have in our heads, we believe is true. And so when we can give it a name, it separates it out and reduces its power. With older kids, like I just finished a book called Brave for Teenage Girls About Anxiety, and in that one, I called it The Worry Whisperer, because that's what it feels like. It's whispering these things that we interpret as true into our minds. And so to name it and then to talk back to it, you are not the boss of me, Worry Whisperer. You have no right to even say that to me, and you're wrong. I'm not going to listen to you. I have little girls who aren't allowed to call anyone stupid but the worry monster. (laughs) So whatever language they use or that we use, and you all Scripture is a great way to combat that too. That we come back at it, but we separate that voice out so that it reduces its power and makes it easy to fight. Those are my three favorite go tos in terms of anxiety.
1: I wish every kid knew those.
0: I know, me too. And all of us. Yes. I practice them myself a lot.
1: Same here. Let's do some intentional practice before we wrap up.
0: Let's start with taking a look at ourselves, because I block my own freedom a lot. And so if you had to say right now, jot them down, brainstorm in the car where you're listening to this, what are five things right now in your life that keep you from being free? Would love for you to think about this.
1: And a second practice would be talk with your spouse or a friend about one thing you could give up that gives you the illusion of control. Have some conversation around that or write down journal over that would be a great thing to have in mind or on paper.
0: And then the last practical idea, we haven't even talked about how technology blocks freedom, but it certainly does. So the last idea is schedule some free time, (laughs) almost like recess in school. Turn off your clocks leave your phone behind, do something together as a family and brainstorm beforehand as a family what that can be so that you all can just experience what being carefree looks like together as a family. Because we don't want to just tell our children we want them to experience, we want to experience it with them. Our prayer for you in these days is that you can know that life doesn't work the way we thought it would, that we don't work the way we thought we would, and that is good news. And there is freedom in that and freedom in the hope of the gospel. So we're going to let Melissa talk more about what being a free parent is like. I'm excited to hear her. Her voice just resonates with more freedom. So we would love for her to share a spiritual moment with you about being a free parent.
2: There's this 11, almost 12-year-old girl. She has great personality, beautiful dark hair, deep brown eyes. Her name is Blueberry Pancake Trevathan. Blueberry Pancake has been diagnosed with anxiety, which explains why she can be bad. A lot of dog trainers, because Blueberry is a dog, a lot of dog trainers have been known to blame the parent, which would be me. A said that I needed to be the alpha dog, to be confident. But every time I tried to be confident, I sounded angry and uptight. He said, relax, be gentle. So when I would say, sit, Blueberry, he would tell me that I was not sounding like an alpha dog. So we worked and worked and worked, and we worked with the dog trainer on sit, down, stay, come, off, no. And then one day the trainer said, okay, I want you to tell her, free. I want you just to say, free, Blueberry. And I looked at him like... Not sure what that means, but okay, I'll do it. After saying, sit down, stay, come, off, no, all the other things that he had taught me, I looked at Blueberry and I said, free. And she just kind of turned her head in that quizzical look and stared at me, did not move. So I said again, free. She turned her head the other way and just stared at me. And then the dog trainer came to both of us and said, Melissa, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take Blueberry Pancake to the lake. And I want you just to enjoy her. I want you just to be with her. Don't try to train her. Don't work on sit down, stay, come off, no. Just enjoy her. Let her be free. That's what we did. And that's what we've been doing since. Every once in a while, we throw in a sit down, stay, and a come, and an off, and a no, and shake. But mostly, she's free. That's what I want to say to you all today, is free. Free. Be free. And yet, we're also saying connect, be consistent, be balanced, be encouraging, be merciful, hopeful, playful, confident, relaxed. It gets to be hard. Because at the same time, as David and Sissy were talking about, that I will sometimes say all those things don't work. Well, they don't. They don't work in themselves. Are they good things? Yes. They are so good. But if you have been so focused like I was with Blueberry, on teaching her, training her, trying to be the perfect leader, trying to be strong, trying to be the alpha dog. If you're trying so hard in your family to do it right, then I think you probably need to say, free and remember to have relationship. That is connection, relationship that will last. David talked about control is an illusion but your influence is real. Larry Crabb said, those who hold on to the illusion of control lose the enjoyment of freedom. Oh, enjoyment, freedom, how we long for that. And so often where we go and where you may go as a parent is saying, I am going to do all I can to have a godly child. But what if you changed that? What if you changed it to free you and your child, by saying, I'm going to do all I can to be a godly parent. For sometimes in your determination and trying to do what is effective, you start to feel such a pressure to make it work. You lose your enjoyment. You lose your freedom, as we talked about. Instead of trying to focus so much on having a godly child, maybe you think more about who you long to be as a godly parent, by the grace of God. Galatians chapter 3 says, let me put this question to you. How did your new life even begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? How did your new life begin? How did you begin as a parent? Was it by working your heads off to please God? you trying so hard? All of Galatians is about freedom, and he says, or was it by responding to God's message? Free is what we want to say to you as you respond to God's message, not try so hard to change your child or to make it work. Free is saying, Christ in me, the hope of glory.
1: Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love, and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gominno.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-in-n-o.com